1: All right, we are back with Michael Zuber for another Friday financial wrap-up. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing wonderful,
0: man. It's always it's always fun talking to you. I always love looking back at the week.
1: Uh, this is great. I really enjoy this. And this is for, we're basically going into the last weekend of July. This is for July the 28th, 2023. Let's get right into it. The Fed this week, Fed Day. What did you see with the Fed? Your thoughts on <laughs> 25 basis points.
0: So uh, it's interesting. So I probably would have wore this shirt regardless because I was calling for a pause and they raised a quarter. Uh, let's be clear. I knew a quarter was coming. It was crystal clear the last two weeks. I just hold myself accountable and want to show the audience that if I'm wrong, I'm willing to admit I'm wrong. That's, that was really the purpose of staying at a pause. That said, I would be wearing this shirt today because I was spectacularly wrong. What do I mean by that? I believe that Jerome Powell had the opportunity to take a technical strategy. The yep. Fed doesn't meet for two months. He could have come out like uber hawkish and said, we're going higher, you're not listening, yada, yada, yada. And the market would have reacted to that. Instead, he came out like Twitty Bird. And dude, interest rates went down yesterday. Right When the Fed raised rates, think about that. They raised rates, 25 basis points, and rates went down. That shows you the market was ready for more hawkish than the Twitty Bird that we got. I believe he made a tactical error. And as you'll see in a minute here, the data is already going against him. He is already looking like a fool. And we all might pay the price for this later. Uh, So I was wrong. I said I was I was certain. Ty, given Jackson Hole, given I've been right about the Fed for a year, higher for longer, go faster, go faster. I thought they were done. One early, so be it. Not the problem. But man, he was in front of the microphone. Could have told the market, "I'm in charge. I'm the man. I'm Paul Volcker 2.0. You guys aren't listening. You're wrong." And he freaking didn't do it. And now
1: we might pay the price. Interesting. I want to hear about the price. And and I want to say, though, that, um, I mean, for sure, all year for the last 12 months plus, you've been spot on with it. And I think, again, if we look back over the last probably four to six weeks, things kind of shifted. It got a little like you thought terminal rate, we were there, and then you thought a pause would happen. That obviously was different. Yeah. Uh, but interesting to see the dynamic. I'm really, um, and I don't know where this is gonna go, by the way, this is <laughs> the fun part, is when you say it could be, you know, obviously a big trouble, we're gonna pay for it later. I'm super interested to know more about that. Let's continue with the show notes though. Let's talk about GDP. What is GDP? GDP? And then what happened for Q2? Talk about what happened this week.
0: Yeah, so GDP is gross domestic product. It
1: is essentially a collection of all the activity or
0: commerce that happens in a country. Uh, It is often also used by economists to say, is economy growing or shrinking? Positive GDP growth, negative GDP shrinking, recession. So we got Q2 GDP print today, the first of three, right? It gets revised for the next two months. So this is the first one. Uh, expectations were 2% uh, and it came in at 2.4. So again, remember what happened yesterday. Jerome Powell basically said, eh, I think we're good. We'll react meeting by meeting, you know? So the market's like, we're done, right? We've got, we're now at terminal rate. We thought we were, but now we are. GDP came in at 2.4% above expectations. 2.4%, pretty good growth for an economy our size. Yeah. And um, that, I mean, that was with mortgage rates at 7% for most of the quarter. We had a growth of 2.4%. So pretty wild to think about.
1: Interesting, too, that, um, especially, too, because kind of going into the year, everybody thought recession, recession, recession. Then it kind of shifted to, well, maybe it's going to be flat. Mm -hmm. And so obviously this is, this was to the surprise. Yeah. I think
0: so. Yeah. I think, I think the first half of the year has been the economy has proven to be much stronger. Uh, I've been doing a lot of traveling the last month or so. The freaking airports are a zoo. So I'm not sure how Q3 could be negative given the service industry is just barn burners. So, uh, yeah, the economy is stronger than most people think, I think.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Let's continue. So let's talk about unemployment this week. Your thoughts this week. What did you see?
0: Yeah, dude, we get we get one economic data weekly. That is like that early indicator of problems. And gosh, it seems like a month ago we had three or four weeks in a row where unemployment claims jumped. They went from 220 ish to 260 ish. And the trend appeared to be clear, like, okay, we're we're going up and we're going to get to 300 eventually. I have long thought the Fed wanted three and a quarter. So it seemed like we were on the path that, hey, maybe in the second half of the year we could see that. Well. The trend broke and it broke pretty meaningfully. Uh, I believe the numbers are 221 this morning on an expectation of 235 and lower than last week. So unemployment claims are going the other direction. Again, think about Jerome Powell. He could have stand in front of the audience and said, we're going to go higher, make on September, it's coming. But he's like, eh, we might be done. And then he got a strong GDP, the employment market's stronger. So does he come back and rug pull us? Does he have to go a half? Does he, I mean, does, does, or, or... is there something else behind the scenes that's breaking that you and I, as Joe citizens, can't see? I don't know what to think, but there could be a nasty surprise lurking.
1: Let me. I I, I want to throw you a curveball, and we not we Go have not it. talked about this. We didn't pre-roll note this, but I want to throw a curveball at you also. That so, like a cousin, I have a cousin who is a truck driver for UPS. He does big trailers. He's moving them around. Obviously, he's been busy as hell. You know, as you can imagine, they're now talking about, in fact, maybe this week going on strike, the Teamsters. So that's one thing. Also, I have another cousin who is in healthcare and works with Kaiser, which Kaiser here in Northern California, even in Southern California, is a big provider. Also, healthcare workers talking about going on strike. You've talked about wage inflation. That's something that we've talked about in the show previous any thoughts on you know how that might play out if these unions yeah. go on strike or just thoughts about any of this, i think how it ties in? i
0: think yeah i think i've been very clear i think unions are going to go get theirs i think we had 40 years uh where the ceos and the senior executive got theirs i think the employee is going to get theirs i'm all for it go get your wages and and i don't know if your your cousin told you i think it was yesterday the teamsters came to an agreement. So oh, they got, they go. got their They got their big raise. United airline pilots got their big raise. American followed suit. Uh, uh, undoubtedly unions and they should go get their employees money, but let's be, let's not be, let's not get it twisted. The UPS package it's going to get more expensive. That's how this is going to be paid. And, um, I think wage inflation is real. I think we've had nominal wage growth. We haven't had real wage growth and there is a difference, Uh, but it's coming. I think the next two or three years are going to see meaningful wage growth. And that's a good thing.
1: And I think too, if you go back to the 50 year spreadsheet, if you go back to that chart, that was a big theme. We haven't talked about it a lot, at least in the last, you know, several months, but it is a big theme of how this economy kind of moves yeah. forward. Would you agree? How would, he,
0: how would he, It's funny. I just got off the interview with Lance Lambert, Fortune Editor, and all that. And he brought up the 50-year spreadsheet as well. And again, folks, I give it away for free. Go to the website, com. lower right corner. There's only eight boxes. It's the lower corner. Give your email, and the system mails you the spreadsheet. It's magic. And uh, it has all the answers. And it's, it's amazing. And Lance like, yeah, you nailed it. We, we've, we've had higher rates before and you nailed it. Transaction crash, not price. I'm like, it yep. wasn't that hard a call. The data's right there.
1: Yep. Spot on, spot on. Okay. And we didn't rehearse this again, not in the no. show notes. Let's get, let's continue. Let's talk about new home sales. What did you see this week?
0: Yeah. So we got some new, new housing data this, this, uh, just this week. I think new homes came in on Wednesday, I think. And, Uh, My big takeaway is the builders are crushing it. Uh, Some people, if they wanted to scare you, would talk about new home prices collapsing, falling, crashing. These would be idiots and morons that are getting paid for clicks. Uh, What's happening is builders are actually building smaller homes and making more money. I will say that again. They are building smaller homes at a cheaper price and making more money. Builders are loving life right now. But if you want to be an idiot and a moron, you could tell your audience that new home prices are falling. You would be intellectually dishonest and in helping no one but yourself. That's what I think of those people.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting times. Again, something you've been talking about for a long time now, uh, new home sales. Let's talk about existing home sales. What did you see this week and just your takeaway, your thoughts?
0: Rates matter, man. Rates matter. No, more evidence that rates matter. We were at. Uh, 7% or thereabouts for most of the month existing home sales came down from last month. We're just dude. we we're not going, we're not going anywhere. We're stuck between 4 million and 4.2. If you're a real estate agent, you're running a big team and your, your operation costs are more than that. It's time to realize, and we could be here for years. That said, if you're an agent, and you're doing good. I I'll say it this way. I would much rather start being an agent today than 2020. You grind it out. You build a network. You learn the systems. You prospect. 2020, you'd be any more or any more on a BMW and sell a house. Today, you got to work. I'd much rather start today. So uh, no surprise there. If you actually go to NAR, National Association of Realtors, they have a great chart, about eight slides. Yep. My big takeaway from that this month was first-time buyers are down. Rates matter. Cash buyers are up. Rates matter. What, what? Why is that? You're not rate sensitive if you're paying cash. You are rate sensitive if you're a first-time home buyer. So, yeah, that's what I think of that.
1: It's interesting, too, that you know we talk, and I know a big part of the One Rental at a Time community, a lot of realtors, loan officers, you know, right now is the time to retool, reskill to really, even like you've talked about this for, for months, quarters on quarters about getting lean, you know, focus on the marketing that works, your marketing dollars, deploy those and things that actually bring an ROI. This is not the time to, you know, just kind of across the board, throw a lot of money at marketing if it's not generating and bringing in a return. So, um, so spot on let's talk about, and maybe in the show, we'll end on opportunities for the rest of the year. It's, it's a wild time too, because it's like, I was at the river and I overheard a guy, I was at the gas station. This guy pulls in in a million dollar boat. And the first thing, you know, I'm thinking is, well, who is this guy? What does he do? (laughs) He's an older guy. He's probably in his sixties. And I'm like, he's very interesting, very under, under the radar. And then he starts talking about he's a farmer from the Central Valley. And he talked about he said, yeah, we just he he was laughing with the guy that owns the gas station. He goes, we just planted our poinsettias and poinsettias here in America. That is a Christmas Christmas flower, if you will. So in July, he's planting poinsettias. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Poinsettias. And so let's talk about. Before you know it, it's going to be the holiday season. Yeah. Kids are going back to school. It's going to be the fall. It's Halloween. It's Thanksgiving. Michael, where are the opportunities for the rest of the year in your opinion?
0: So I think a couple of things appear to be pretty clear to me.
1: The, the market is
0: slowing down. And if you are someone that is a good operator, someone who's doing the work, somebody that's watching their buy box, your time is coming. And I say this as someone who proved it last year. I got so annoyed with the crash bows last year. I took it as a personal challenge and said, I'm going to get something out of the MLS. And we got two. As the market slows down from here, each month will be slower. What does slower mean? Days on market is going to grow and probably grow meaningfully. That's the opportunity to write disrespectful offers. That's the opportunity to get creative, maybe do 90% CLTV loans, seller financing, something. I am excited again for a slower housing market because I know people watch one rental at a time. You're doing the work. You have a buy box and I'm getting more and more notes from people getting deals, which is awesome. But I also know there's more and more people doing the work. So as the rest of the year unfolds, I'm excited to see the great deals that people bring. Um, It just feels good to, to see it coming this, this early.
1: Yeah. And I would um, echo that, that there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of people asleep at the wheel. A lot of people have checked out, even though they may still be showing up to the office, they still may be showing up to sales meetings on zoom. Um, I have never seen so many people checked out and asleep at the wheel and not only that, but also even, you know, myself to really every day, like start at zero, have the mentality of, okay, You've got to get after it today. Like you're brand new and really work at it and really have intent about what your execution is going to be. So within that, I believe there's a ton of opportunity, Michael, tell them, are there any seats available still for the, okay, you're sold no, out. We, that. Are,
0: we are, we're sold, yeah, sold out for a free event. So I had, I did an event that you actually inspired. Uh, we had 19 tickets uh, as a 730 this morning, they were gone by 815. We are sold out. 500 people are coming, Ty. So you and I need to get busy and start uh, preparing
1: material. So let's talk about what are you doing and maybe just let's, and this isn't, again, we didn't script this. This isn't a a play on scarcity. It is, I thought maybe there was 50, 100 seats left. Tell them what you're doing. So on, uh, it's
0: August 13th, 8 to 10 uh, a.m. Pacific, 500 people on Zoom. I'm going to show everybody what I would do today. This, This came from a real estate meetup. A lot of people are like, it's hard today. I can't do it today. You're lucky. All this, frankly, complaining. And I will admit, I could not rebuild my portfolio today to match what I already have. But that's not the goal. The goal is a better future. The goal is financial freedom. It's not to repeat what I have. I am convinced without a shadow of a doubt that I would get to four rentals and then 10 and I would likely build something better. And I'm going to show everybody in two hours exactly
1: how I would do it. That's my goal. I love it. Now, let me ask you, yeah. I'm going to twist your arm here. Oh no. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I can't do it the following Sunday. So, or not that you you could obviously, but I want to twist your arm. Maybe that um is there a way maybe if enough people comment if uh in the comment on the Is there maybe even maybe get a waiting list going maybe to do an encore or just any thoughts Uh, on maybe doing a second one?
0: I have not thought about that. I'm so focused on the first one, but you know what? If enough people comment below, uh, I might do an encore. It'll probably, I'd probably want a break. So it might be two weeks out. Two weeks out. But if enough people comment below, I will consider doing another 500 people. Same topic, probably 99% cuz i might tweak the content a little uh but it'll essentially be rinse and repeat.
1: Uh, yeah uh, you might be maybe. able to
0: twist my arm into that.
1: Maybe. If there's a if there's enough demand. If yeah, the people maybe. if you really want this comment in the show notes. If you're watching this on Facebook which Facebook is weird cuz we get hundreds of views but only five comments. I get it. But i would say please go to Michael's channel. This is the call to action today. Go to Michael's channel one rental at a time subscribe on YouTube, one rental at a time on YouTube, one rental at a time. Subscribe, number one. Number two is comment in the video, comment in the, in the comments. Let us know if you would like to come to that free two hour, how Michael and Olivia, how would he rebuild a portfolio? How would he get himself financially free in 2023 starting from zero? You got it.
0: Love there you it. Go. Let's let's My,
1: see, Michael. Thank you for all that you do. Have a great weekend. Thank you, brother. Take take care.